You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. All right. Welcome to Refrigerator Diaries. Hashtag what's your RD? Keeping the people engaged with the food. Share your stories, videos, music, topics. Let people know what's on your diary. So we got a little something different going on today and I cannot be happier. We've got Kevin Peterson, the one part brain along with your wife, right? Correct. I'm the nose, she's the eyes. Oh, okay. That's I. I mean, I get that now that <laughs> that I know what type of company uh, it is. So, Stomato, can you explain what that is to us? Sure. Um, so the company is called Sfumato Fragrances. Sfumato is an Italian word that means to turn to smoke or turn to vapor. So it's actually the same root word as perfume. But then Sfumato is also a painting technique that Da Vinci used where he would paint the foreground sharp and the background hazy as if viewed through smoke. And I like that as an analogy to the fragrance world because I think subtlety is one of the most important ingredients in a scent and keeping it hazy in the background is very important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's you and your wife, Jane Larson, and you are two parts. So it's Fomato and the uh, other part is uh, Castalia as well. Correct. And then you both are 100% owners in both? Yes. See, look at that. You already got two companies under your belt. And <laughs> how long was it before you went from? You were an engineer originally, right? Yes. Okay. And what company was it? I worked for General Motors for about four years and then Bosch for about two years. Okay. All right. What are you doing at Bosch? Uh, at both Bosch and General Motors, I was taking high-speed images of combustion. So I would look inside the engine and take a few thousand pictures per second and look at how the flame traveled oh, wow. and try to study what could you do differently in terms of airflow or the fuel injector to make it basically cleaner, greener combustion. My father was a software engineer. Uh, we, we originally came here so he could work on Marvin with the state of Michigan and you know, every time I hear the word engineer, I, I never, I can just never predict what <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's a new one. And then you were a chef before that? Correct. Okay. So you went before you were, now you're watching things blow up, you know, scientifically and now, and then you're chopping, cutting, like, well, how far were you as a chef? Did you go to culinary school? Did you like just start off cooking in the kitchen? Yeah. So I, yeah, I worked at a variety of places everywhere from kind of fast food, Dairy Queen, family diner, up to fancy French cuisine. Went to culinary school, thought I was going to make that my career. Um, you know, as I worked my way up in the culinary world, it seemed like in a lot of ways people were more on edge and more angry. And <laughs> oh, I yeah. thought, you know, I don't know if this is what I want to pursue for the next 30 or 40 years. So. Uh, had always been benefits, in, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you eat good food, uh, and drink fancy things. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd always been intrigued by, you know, math and science and, uh, yeah, I got really interested in cars and pursued some physics and engineering courses. And that wound up 
leading to the job at General Motors, which is what brought my wife and I to Detroit. Okay, so you and your wife met at General Motors. Uh, prior, to, prior to General Motors, we met while I was in school. Okay, you went uh, while you were in school then and came to Detroit for General Motors. Yes. Okay, and then you... You entered a contest, or like the. I'm looking at my notes here. It's like right, right. So General Motors had this Shark Tank contest, so you could pick any. Was this before Shark Tank or after Shark Tank? This was post Shark Tank. Okay, so yeah, I don't think they were legally allowed to call it Shark Tank. I got you. It was like all right. (laughs) So Orca Tank or something like that. All right. Um, Yeah, so you could enter, you know, any idea in the automotive realm, and you know, their business experts and whatever would evaluate it and decide if this was something the company wanted to move forward with. And I had been playing with sense as a hobby. So I entered an idea to create an in-car scent system. Hmm. So let's say maybe you're driving to the beach and you put in a scent track that will play some coconut notes and some salt water <laughs> and some, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I hear it. Maybe it's some dead fish or something. I want to do that with food. I, I want to have a kitchen where I can just sell scents through an app. <laughs> that that'd be perfect. So you you went from and I understand this was like a two month process or three month process. Like it yeah. took a lot of time in this, right? So they they gave all of the you know all the contestants a lot of resources in terms of how to build up the business model, how to figure out who your demographic would be all this kind of stuff. So I went through this whole process, researched all these things. And, uh, finally the day of the contest, my idea bombed so completely that, uh, <laughs> you know, no one wanted to make eye contact with me. Hey, we've all been there. <laughs> so then after general motors tells you, and it seems like they've got the research behind it. No, a resounding no, you decide to then, take your show on the road? Yeah. So, you know, I had, I had done all this research, you know, about what, what the background behind building a company would take. And yeah, when General Motors turned it down, you know, I didn't go on to create an in-car scent company, but uh, had done a lot of the research, had, you know, learned a lot of the terminology and what I would have to research. And had been intrigued in starting my own company, had been playing with Sense for a couple of years by that point. And yeah, just took that as kind of the inspiration to say, okay, GM doesn't want this idea, but I still think this idea has validity. So yeah, I'm just gonna, gonna test it out. I roll it. And so like you and your, because entrepreneurship is hard. Like you, were you and your wife married at the time or? Uh, yeah, let's see. So we got married shortly after the company was founded. Okay, so I waited a little bit. And the the scent company is five years old now, right? So yep. two years after you started, then you got married. Yep. So prior to that, did you guys say, okay, we're going to start this business? Like, did you powwow your finances? Like, did you say we're going to hold back on having kids for a little bit? Like, what, what goes um, into that? Yeah, you know, I guess one of the appealing things about the company was that we were able to tiptoe into it. So, yeah, we took some personal savings, you know, a few thousand and got all of our legal paperwork in order, ordered some packaging, um, ordered the first batch. And, you know, so the first year it was maybe a few thousand dollar investment and we sold at some holiday markets and things went well. 
And, you know, at that point we could have just said, okay, that was fun, but it didn't really work <laughs> and we're out a few grand, which stinks, but it's not the end of the world. So, you know, it was kind of like at each stage we said, okay, I think that last stage showed us that there's something here. Let's make the next investment to, to scale up. Yeah. I mean, as I listen to you talk, it's like, I feel like you've got like spreadsheets <laughs> of every, <laughs> every decision <laughs> that goes. You've even got it. spreadsheets that tell me where my other spreadsheets are located. <laughs> Does that, and do you have spreadsheets for each of the different cents that you've had? Like every single one? Oh, yeah. Do you keep track of the date? Yeah. Summer of 97? Uh, yeah. I, Right. I'm not a full-time engineer anymore, but a lot of those habits have stayed with me. It sounds like, you know, if you want to be able to get to a point where you can have two companies on your belt that you own 100%, work with an engineer. You know, that's, that's, that's as simple as it. I can't call it any simpler. Yeah, either be one or marry one. Right. That, make that great well. spouses. So you're you're doing the excellent job here of like having a conversation with us and you guys can't hear it. He's being very stealthy right now, but he's <laughs> he's also pouring drinks without clinking the glass together. And and what what do we have here? Are they are they just different scents from the, the menu here? Are these like is it is it like what kind of place like when I come in, do I get to say I want cardamom lime mint? And I wanted to smell like lavender post haste <laughs> barkeep. Is that, yeah, we, is this how this we works? can entertain requests to a certain degree of complexity, certainly. And, uh, yeah, you know, really freestyling drinks is something I really enjoy. The bar staff really enjoys. So we're definitely open for a challenge. Uh, most people find at least ordering their first couple drinks off the menu is the way to go. So, uh, the way the menu is laid out, we have eight cents. And for each scent, or, or I should say for each drink, we take the heart of one of the scents and use that as the basis for the flavor profile of the scent. So like you were saying with uh, cardamom, we've got a scent that has cardamom, coriander, and nutmeg. So we do a lot of our tinctures and bitters in-house. So, you know, we've got all these mason jars of different herbs and spices and um a lot of the drinks start off as some kind of classic cocktail, maybe a Manhattan, an old fashioned, a gimlet. And then we, you know, swap things in and out, add tinctures, add different liqueurs to make that drink match the flavor profile of one of the scents. Okay. And then uh, you guys are unaware, are a man behind the Saul Randy, he's, he's been here before. I have, yeah, actually. And so you've had the Rogue's Romance? I did, yeah. I ordered that one just because I'm a huge rum fan, and that was the uh, the rum drink that caught my eye. Uh, it was really good. It was it was too good. I uh, pretty much just down that drink. Uh, <laughs> so I got I got So when you had it, was, did it taste like a cola, like it, or was it more like a chocolate orange? Or uh, definitely more chocolatey. Okay. Uh, definitely cola notes, but I would say chocolate was the more predominant flavor in that drink. Okay. Now. When I see, I see this, so cola nut is a, it's a pretty popular West African, uh, Nigerian. Uh, it's like traditionally you have a cola nut, you have like cola, you like eat it, like it's you can't, all the children sit and talk. They gotta go sit in the back or something like that. It's it's not good. So I, I definitely I, I want this immediately. 
I'll make a point to go and check it out. It's delicious. Yeah. So, and where where are you located now? We are in Midtown. We are at the southeast corner of Second and Alexandrian Street. So, right near Honest John's, Will Leather, Selden Standard. Um, oh wow! We are in the lower level of an old Victorian mansion. Oh, cool! So, if you know where Detroit Clothing Circle is, right. we are in the same building as them. Just oh wow! Downstairs. Okay. Is that correct? Oh. I'm, I'm laughing because Detroit Clothing Circle just put out a hilarious ad that's rife with innuendo. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to check it out. That being said, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when I come back, we're going to talk about some of my favorite things to do in my spare time. And then we're going to taste some drinks and we'll go into what it means to be a creator, a maker. We'll talk a little bit about the product test drive here with Kevin Peterson when we come back on Refrigerator Diaries. All right. So I want to just talk about one thing here. A lot of you don't know, but this, this episode is brought to you by our sponsor audible um one of the things that i do every morning to and it takes a lot to be an entrepreneur uh, so one of the things i do in the mornings just for peace of mind is i I like to wake up and i like to listen to something that's gonna like keep me going something positive and enriching like when i wake up i'm i'm pretty much a sponge in the morning and because of that i want to make sure that i'm exposing myself to like things that I'm going to use, right? So I, I like to listen to uh, to books and things like that on Audible. Uh, it's pretty simple. Um, and you can actually just start a 30-day trial. Uh, your first audio book is free. Uh, go to audible.com slash Detroit or text Detroit to 500-500. Um, audio books are great. A great sidekick for summer activities like hiking, sunbathing on the beach, running, road tripping, enjoying downtown or downtime, outdoors, and more. Uh, currently, uh, right now, for me, I'm listening to um, The Millionaire Mind uh, by Thomas J. Stanley. Uh, it's pretty awesome and dope because it, it kind of puts me in a place where I need to be because I want to have a couple of uh, locations as well, like our good friend uh, Kevin Peterson here. Uh, so, uh, again, start your 30-day trial uh, and get your first audio book for free by going to audible.com slash Detroit or by texting Detroit to 500-500. So, we are back on Refrigerated Diaries. Hashtag, what's your ID? And we got a bar going on over here. And I, this this is the experience, right? This is this is what we do. So we go to Castellia, which is not the the parent company is Fumato. Uh yeah. So they're independent companies. Completely they actually separate. share the same space. Okay. So all, all of the fixtures were designed to convert. So they're tables that fold into the wall by day when we're in retail mode. Oh. And then so noon to six we're a store. At six o'clock, those tables fold out of the wall. We turn into a cocktail bar. Okay, is all this done start. with a button? 
<laughs> I wanted to have a giant rope that I would just pull on. <laughs> it turned out to be technically infeasible. But. Uh, okay. All right. All right. And so at six o'clock, all of this happens. Someone goes and, and redoes it, you know, before exactly. the clock strikes six or seven oh one. Then you, you you sit down, and I I will say, I would like, and let, let me find it here. What what is this the uh, play on old fashioned called? Uh, so that is the gravitas old fashioned. That one's actually off of our first menu, but okay. enough people kept requesting it that we that we've kept it around. Okay, so that's one of the. The old classics then. Exactly. All right. And then I sit down and my napkin is sprayed with a complimentary scent to the drink that I order. Yep. Okay. Oh, if I want a different scent, can I pick a different scent? Yeah. Yeah. We're happy to freestyle something. It's always, uh, you know, that's always a fun conversation to say, okay, I like this scent, but I don't want it to be a boozy sipper. I want it to be something with bubbles and some lemon juice and some... Lavender. Oh, okay. All right. That sounds so sounds fantastic. So what, what do we have here today? Yeah, so the first drink we're gonna try is the Gravitas Old Fashioned. So a standard old fashioned would be uh whiskey, some sugar, and some bitters, and then some orange zest typically uh as the garnish. Oh wow. And so we've tweaked that rather than a white sugar um or a raw sugar, we've actually caramelized the sugar. So we bake that sugar down into a caramel in the pan, put enough water on top to turn that into a horrible syrup, and then um, we add a, a tincture of coriander, cardamom, and nutmeg to the drink. This is a good idea. I'm sorry. To... <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're going to say nice things, you can interrupt all you want. Hey, yeah, you know what? I, I got to go check this place out. <laughs> That is fantastic. I mean, I'm listening to you telling me that I'm going to smell this napkin and drink this drink. <laughs> and it's it's going to be good, but goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, the idea that – the idea of how profoundly your aroma environment influences your perception of taste is maybe maybe not something that – yeah, I mean, you see it all the time, like when you're sick and congested and can't smell anything, your food just tastes bland. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, we're trying to go the other direction and say, can we enhance the flavor by controlling the scent environment? You know, often the scent is just whatever is in the food. I mean, which is good. But, you know, we're sort of adding another layer and saying we want the scent to be able to stand on its own. This is a composition in its own right, which we're now pairing to... A drink, which is a drink in its own right, by putting the two together, can we create an even more, you know, interesting, harmonious experience? Okay. Well, I mean, that brings us into, you know, something that's not really talked about a lot with business, uh, product test drive, you know, like, as I understand it, right? How long has uh, Castellia been open now? We've been open, actually, today's our five-month anniversary. Okay. And so... As I understand it, every season, four seasons in the year, there's going to be a new set of flavors with some classics that are going to stay like the, uh, the riff on the old fashioned, right? What, what go, like how long does it take to, to make, um, for example, I'm looking at the, the current menu right now and you've got a few like the My Dear Watson, which I, I think we're going to, going to be taking, which is, I see mezcal, gin, olive brine, and cherry hearing. How how often does it come up? Like, do you just 
sit here? Is that a month to come up with this drink recipe? Is that like a week? Are you just throwing darts at a board? And <laughs> Yeah, you know, it really varies. Some of them come together within a few iterations. Some of them take, yeah, a few dozen iterations. And some of them come out of customer requests. They say, oh, I, you know, I want this style paired with this scent. And we kind of think about it and say, okay, maybe – Maybe this would be an interesting combo. Uh, you know, I read a lot of cocktail blogs, a lot of cocktail books. So, mm-hmm. you know, always looking for new ideas. And yeah, a lot of times it's taking a classical structure, this many parts of sour, this many parts of sweet, this many parts of booze and saying, okay, what, what do those parts need to be to match up with whatever scent I'm trying to pair to? So like, was it at home? Did you and your wife just eat? a bunch of cherries and olives together and so this is this is that deal (laughs) yeah yeah you know well cocktail development is tricky because you wind up getting drunk Uh, so in some ways i have to swallow it (laughs) you don't (laughs) it's more fun when you do theoretically you don't have to true um no, so so a lot of times we'll we'll get a couple of our bartenders together and you know we'll do it as a group and we'll each yeah we're probably not drinking the entire thing each ourselves we're we're making one variant we're passing it around and sort of saying oh I think this needs a little more pronounced bitter note or I think uh, the clove kind of faded into the background on this one so um, you know we're workshopping it that okay. way making small tweaks. So let's let's try and you know, my dear Watson. It says computer generated savory and novel. Is that as a novel approach, or is that uh, you're going in a different direction? Yeah, I guess novel in the sense that it doesn't have so much of a counterpart in the classical cocktail realm, and so none parallel. Exactly. All right, let's try that one out. Let's All see. Right. So, and that pairs with our Arcanum scent which is a tobacco-forward scent. There's no olive in there, but customers kept smelling the scent and saying, oh, I get a touch of Kalamata olive out of this scent. And I thought, "Fantastic!" you know, nope, I I don't. But then once I heard it enough times, I started to smell it against my my better wishes. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, that suggested a natural ingredient for the next drink on the menu. And I happened to be reading this book called Cognitive Cooking with Chef Watson, <laughs> where IBM, the computer company, fed thousands of recipes and the molecular makeups of all of these different foods into Watson, the supercomputer, and told Watson to look for pairings that should work together, but no one was doing them. And one of those pairings was olive plus cherry. And I thought that just sounded so weird and frankly disgusting but uh it intrigued me and you know watson's recipe was more of a food pairing but i thought okay there's no reason not to make this into a into a drink component and so from that kalamata olive plus uh, a cherry liqueur we built this cocktail with some mezcal some gin some sweet vermouth um a darker molasses bitters that we make in-house to sort of play off the tobacco note in the scent and yeah, what we wound up with is something that's very strange. It's actually my favorite on the menu right now. I was. It's, it tastes delicious to me. I, yeah, that 
that salt is uh, a bit more forward than you would get with just like a, a martini. And then uh, this, yeah. the smokiness of the mezcal pairs with the tobacco scent in the perfume to make it taste like you're drinking a cigar. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. It's got that. I, it's interesting. I like it. I struggle how to talk about it to make it sound delicious. Other I mean, than like, <laughs> you know, it it's so good though. Like, computers yeah. made it, and it's. <laughs> Got salt in it. And I, honestly, I'm gonna get that book, uh, Cognitive Cooking with Chef Watson, uh, and I'm going to go through every single one of those, like <laughs> cherry and olives. I would never, <laughs> never, never, never. But it, it tastes fantastic, though. It tastes fantastic. And so, our final one here is a play on the gimlet. Yeah. What's that one called? So this one is called Transcendence. And so a normal gimlet would have gin and lime cordial. Um, so we swapped out some of that lime juice with yuzu, which is a Japanese citrus fruit that is very almost floral, very aromatic. And then we added tinctures of sandalwood, orange, and jasmine to really, you know, just elevate that, you know, very classic uh, cocktail, but kind of bring it to a new level, hence the name Transcendence. And I can buy this fragrance separately? Yeah, yeah. So you can come in, drink a cocktail. If you find a scent that you like that pairs with one of your drinks, you can you can purchase a bottle. What? <laughs> in fact, that's kind of the point. <laughs> that sounds great. I have to say, it sounds a little gimmicky when you think about it and you first hear about it, but I actually visited you and – I was blown away. It was fantastic. I'll definitely go back. Yeah. I don't know if I would wear any of these scents, but I would definitely drink your drinks. Okay. Again. <laughs> Step one. As long as we can get money out of you. In some yeah, yeah. Way. For sure. No, just... it's, part, um, it's part of the business. Yeah. And and yeah, some people are, are only there for the cocktails. Some people are only there for the scents. Some people get into both. You know, so it's, yeah. I'm trying to approach it in multiple directions here. So the bar is called Castalia. Uh, what's the origin of the name? Castalia is a fountain from Greek mythology. And when poets and artists would drink from the fountain, they would be inspired to create their masterpieces. Hmm. So we don't actually require you to create a masterpiece, but uh, it is encouraged. I, I would say these cocktails are quite masterful. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. So – as we're uh, we're going through those here, I, I wanted you to kind of go elaborate a little bit. Uh, you know, I think that everyone these days is a chef. You know, I just had a conversation with someone who was insistent that I put pomegranate juice on my jerk chicken. <laughs> you know, which obviously tastes great. You know, it's <laughs> it's one of those things, but. When everyone's a chef, does culinary school matter? I know you went to culinary school. What's your take on that? Yeah. So, so I think, I think as far as working in a restaurant, really the only way you can learn that is through doing it. The pressure, the stress, the short timelines, the, um, sort of constant demands of the kitchen. I don't know that they can be taught in school. They certainly weren't taught in the program I was in. 
what I what I got out of culinary school was being able to look at food in a more abstract way. So prior to culinary school, I knew how to make a pork roast. I knew how to make mashed potatoes. I knew how to make a lemon vinaigrette. What culinary school allowed me to do was to say, okay, you know, there are certain heating techniques that could be applied to a meat or a vegetable or a fruit or whatever. And this is going to cause certain reactions and bring out these aspects of the flavor. And so just approaching approaching food rather than as a set, you know, a huge collection of individual recipes, I was able to break that down into, you know, here's what sautéing is. Here's where sautéing is appropriate. Maybe you encounter a new vegetable or meat that you've never cooked with before, but you know that sautéing is able to create these kinds of reactions. So maybe you want to try sautéing this. Mm. And so, you know, that more abstract view to the food world rather than a recipe-driven approach. I see. So, and then in your case, I think, because there's an artistry, you know, behind like cooking and, you know, making cocktails and, and teas and tinctures and things like that. And so it sounds like to me, are you adding a human approach to it? Are you like, making because i know you got spreadsheets you know i i'm a spreadsheet guy i i can uh, i can recognize um so are you more into just discovery or are you more into a watson yeah um you know actually one of the big points in in that book the cognitive cooking with chef watson was that the computer can recommend pairings, but really you still need that human touch to say, okay, here's a couple of foods that go together, but is this a soup? Is this a salad? Is this, you know, is this a hot dish? Is this a cold dish? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think, I think, you know, the cocktail structures, subbing things in and out of classic cocktails can get you a certain distance, but yeah, ultimately, these are things that are created by humans that are, you know, enjoyed by humans, and uh, you need that human touch. You need that human connection. A drink, in an abstract sense, can only be so good. It's really the story behind it, the person serving it to you, that you know is what really sort of completes the experience. Okay. So, do you and your wife talk about work at home? Do you guys like? We have it, no choice but to. Okay. All right. So, and who, is it like, uh, is, is it like fun to you still or is it like more like do you have to put time aside? Um, yeah, it, it, it goes both ways. I mean, yeah, having, having a business with my wife, you know, we get to celebrate the wins together. That's yeah. great. When things aren't going well, you know, if you have a bad day at work, you know, at the office, you go home and you don't have to think about it till the next morning. Mm-hmm. But when you're, you know, sharing four walls and a bank account and, yeah. you know, everything, there's not so many places to avoid um, avoid thinking about the business. So, yeah, I would say higher highs and lower lows. All right. What, what do you guys do? What did you guys have for dinner uh, last night? Last night, what did we have? Um, I made a chicken curry. So I braised some chicken, cut up a fresh pineapple, threw some coconut milk on there, 
Let it simmer till the chicken was nice and tender. And Look how casual you are. She's <laughs> like, you know, I did my thing in the kitchen. <laughs> Nothing new, check. <laughs> That's what's up, man. So how how do we um how do we get to to find you here again? Like let us know one more time. Yeah, so we are in the lower level of an old Victorian mansion in Midtown. So a corner of 2nd and Alexandrine downstairs from Detroit Clothing Circle. You're on the block behind, same block as uh, Honest John's, and just kitty corner from Selden Standard. Yep, yep, exactly. All right. And what are the what are the hours again for everything? So we are a store from noon to 6, Wednesday through Sunday. And we are a cocktail bar from 6 to midnight, Wednesday through Saturday. Oh, okay. All right. So kind of the... The weekend party nights is when we're slinging cocktails. Sweet, sweet. All right. And uh, once again, this is uh, Kevin Peterson of Castellia and Sfumato Scent Company, a fragrance company. And um, about how many fragrances do you have available right now for purchase? We have eight scents. And you can buy those online as well? Correct. Okay. And that's our website? SfumatoFragrances.com. That's S-F-U-M-A-T-O Fragrances.com. All right. And Castalia's website? Castalia, C-A-S-T-A-L-I-A, Cocktails.com. All right. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to have you on here with us. Likewise. Uh, I look forward to seeing you all there as uh, we're enjoying every drink, especially the, uh, the My Dear Watson. That's my favorite one. Excellent.